Uh, thank you for joining Tox News, your only source into re rhetorical reappropriation. We're using words for our own purposes these days. And so, for the sake of the podcast, I will reappropriate all rhetoric to mean whatever I intend it to mean. This is not bias. This is pure impartiality. And that's why we cover Fox News. I got Fox all day today. Um, I'm going to say three videos. Oh, yeah, there's a Crowder segment. Uh, and three videos in total. One's pretty brief. The other two, I wish they were briefer. Especially since they don't have actually anything, uh, I don't know, worth empowering the individual with. So, uh, that's pretty sad, but we'll just roll with the punches. You know, we, we got what we got. Um, first, I want to go over a few things that's been happening. Dr. Seuss has been canceled. It's over. His career is done. Nobody will ever hear of him ever again. Lola Bunny has been uh reduced to a uh child and so now 90s millennials feel betrayed in that they will not see the same uh i don't know uh, thirst trap that was the space jams lola bunny and there's outrage in the streets right now i'm i'm, I'm genuinely concerned about the riots that are possible um, Texas removed its mask mandate, even though most states don't have them. And for some reason, a bunch of liberals went to Twitter and decided to say that they don't deserve a vaccine because of it. So, uh, cool. Uh, businesses have decided to continue with their own, uh, mask mandates for you to enter their abodes or their shopping centers. So, uh, Texas is not entirely lost, although their representatives are a bit senile, especially since they've barely done anything with the crumbling energy infrastructure that they've been dealing with for the past three weeks. Uh, what else is on the docket? I don't think anything else is really that important. Oh, yeah. The House passed a uh, resolution, 7120, called George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. I wrote this down. That's how special this is um it's going to be voted in the senate and that's probably when we're going to actually talk about it because i went on the hunt today i went searching I, I dug my nose into every rabbit hole every media outlet my brain can think of trying to find somebody saying something about this and i did not so that's really cool um the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is looking to lower the criminal intent standard from willful to knowing or reckless, which is the term when a police officer kills somebody. Rather than trying to prove willful intent, they're looking to broaden that language into knowing intent or at least reckless. Also, in the good news of this policing act, it limits qualified immunity as a defense to liability in a private civil action. Cops have been using qualified immunity to avoid civil lawsuits when they murder somebody's family member or of that certain kind of excessive force in nature. And so I'm glad to hear that these qualified immunity defenses will be looked deeper into before being immediately used to release abusive cops. Um, this bill also authorizes DOJ to issue subpoenas in investigations of police departments for a pattern of practice, uh, pattern or practice of discrimination. Uh, essentially, also building a database. Uh, yeah, it creates a national police misconduct registry to compile data on complaints and records of police misconduct. Now, following those like the the reporting of conduct, the government is also looking to um, make sure that they're following within certain guidelines of uh, what what. Uh, uh, de-escalation training and racial bias training. And if they do not comply with a lot of these things, they can see their federal funding being uh, restricted. The problem is with this specific thing, while I do think uh, we should have a database of abusive or excessive force using cops, um, even I'm sure the Catholic Church has a good documentation of all of their priests who... Uh, defile uh, the citizens that they come in contact with. But the unfortunate thing is, is that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get accountability out of this database. Whenever the attorney general has participated in a lot of these bigger cases from Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, they always seem to find a way to agree with the defense. 
And it almost comes as if they write the same exact report that they were handed by the police. So while I agree with this uh, database thing going on, I'm not sure it's going to hold that level of accountability that we're really quite looking for. And that's mostly because most of COPS funding comes from state taxes, your state money, your local government. So if there's any effective change to get done in these police departments, it's on a local level. These, uh, these, these federal guidelines, such as wearing body cams, no chokeholds, um, are mostly required on federal agents, by the way. Um, not going to do much for most of what people were actually protesting out in the street. So while I get they're putting George Floyd's name on this because of the injustice that happened last year, it is uh, significantly vacant in actually holding justice up for George Floyd and the victims of his kind and of his nature. So uh, good job, federal government, for getting just short of the line. And thank you, media, for fucking reporting on it. Anyways, they did talk about one bill. Fox News spent exactly two minutes and 58 seconds talking about the Four People Act. I went hunting, my listeners. I went looking for more information on these bills to inform people on what exactly Congress is passing to get done in aspects that have been serious problems for us the past year. This one focusing on police reform, massive protests in, de in, in, in detail with that. This one's about voting, which started a fucking insurrection at our Capitol. The, the lack of reporting on this, I really want to just break my computer and move into a log cabin in the mountain. Um, so, for some reason, Crowder covered the, the, the voting bill for about nine minutes. But that's also because he has <laughs> a long history of reporting on all the misinformation narrative that Trump has been perpetuating with the steal the vote, the mass voter fraud, even though he himself only puts forward cases of uh, small acts of uh, discrepancy when it comes to the election. He still is part of the uh, narrative that the election has massive systemic problems of fraud. So that's why I could see him covering it for nine minutes. Fox News covering it for three minutes tells me they don't want you to know shit about it. And what it tells me is that in this three minutes, they're going to keep it very brief on what you sh what they think you should know about it. So thankfully, I got a little list here of everything on it. And then I also put little little stars next to everything I liked about it, like uh, adding Election Day to national federal holidays. I dig that. I dig that a lot. Ooh, is this computer still acting up? This computer still be acting up. Um, so. Let's begin with Fox News' primetime on its three-minute segment of the changes going uh, to this election bill. But what's funny, too, is that they're focusing on how Democrats plan to rob you blind to line their own pockets. <laughs> uh, I think I know which uh, provision he's talking about, but we'll get there. Good evening and welcome to Fox News Primetime. I'm Lawrence Jones. While you were yet sleeping again, House Democrats passed H.R. 1 also known as for the people act so, yeah what's hilarious is like while you were sleeping like we, like this this just happened and the news wouldn't know about it like it's literally their job to report on stuff that happens in the halls of congress that's l straight up their job and while you were sleeping we found out no no it's your job to inform it's a sweeping election reform bill that would fundamentally change the way elections are held in this country now nancy and the gang are celebrating saying the bill would expand voter rolls, fight gerrymandering. I like how he's brushing over these segments, too, of like what those provisions actually are. He's just using the buzzwords, the little rhetorical pieces that you go, oh, I know what that one means. I know what that one means, but doesn't get into specifically how these things are changing or how it's going to change the election, which I honestly don't think this bill is going to make that big of a drastic change, especially on the local level. It's mostly focused on federal elections. So let's let's get into that. Uh, Lawrence, I think your name was. And as they put I it, forgot. combat <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry. dark money in politics. Now, on the surface, those things sounds like they could be good until you read the Here fine we go. print. There we go. You see, the whole dark money thing is darker than you could imagine. The reality is this bill, the For the People Act, takes money from you people and gives it to these people in the form of campaign contributions, of course whether you voted for them or not. Let's say your neighbor likes AOC. He decides to send her $200 in the mail. That's fine. It's his money. He can do whatever he wants with it. 
But once that check clears, the federal government will use taxpayer money to match his donation six to one. So AOC gets... That's not true. It's not taxpayer money. Don't worry, I wrote the provision down here. Boom. It is a voluntary freedom from influence fund. So actually the campaign itself, AOC's campaign, would have to choose in itself to uh, dip in this fund, and it's not paid by taxes. In fact, the U.S. Treasury collects these funds by charging a small fee assessed on criminal and civil fines and penalties or settlements with banks and corporations that commit corporate malfeasance. So when he says that they're taking your money, he's not talking to you. At least uh, if you're the, the, the average uh, business owner or just the average working American, very less likely to commit corporate malfeasance. $400, 200 from your neighbor, and 1200 from the rest of us. Now you tell me, how is that fair? It's not fair and it's also not in the bill. So, you know, let's just make up realities so that we can get people opposed to the actual reality. What if you don't like AOC or Nancy Pelosi or anyone in Congress for that matter? And that's the thing he's not highlighting here. He's highlighting that this money would go to AOC's campaign because, you know, you're watching Fox News. You remember how much you hate AOC, right? But Ted Cruz could also benefit from this fund. The the the, the, the thing that is joyous, actually, about this fund, even though I'm not too into it, um, is that it does, like, in the name, I like it, freedom from influence. If they have a larger portion to take from corporate malfeasance rather than direct contributions from corporations, that sounds like cutting ties from corporations rather than actually lining up so they can fill your pockets. Too bad. Shouldn't your hard-earned tax dollars go to things that help you? Well, not in Nancy's America. Imagine, just imagine if Republicans created a six to one fundraising match. I mean, it's amazing that we have to keep going because his premise in this argument is completely wrong. It doesn't come from tax dollars. It's fees collected from crimes committed. So, um, yeah, they're, like we can't even further this discussion because his whole premise of what the reality is is actually factually wrong. It's in, it's in the, 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 the provision, the wording itself, that it comes from corporate malfeasance. No tax money is being a, a, a reappropriated for this. Match for pro-life groups or the NRA. Liberals will rightfully blow a gasket. Now, Democrats will say they aren't it, your taxes per se. They're going to create a whole new slush fund through civil asset forfeiture, which, a whole, which is a whole other separate issue. All you know I didn't hear anything about this civil forfeiture, using civil forfeiture to fund any of this. Like, most of that usually goes to police departments. Why aren't we having that discussion? Why are police allowed to seize almost everything in a criminal case and then sell it to their own benefit or even just keep it? You need to know, is this stealing your money? Now, they claim it, they will raise $3.2 billion over the next 10 years. Wow. And we can't find anything else to spend that money on? Isn't that amazing, too, that we could have $3.2 billion generated from corporate malfeasance? From corporations, like, stepping out of guidelines, breaking laws, messing up penalties, paying civil fines. That is hilarious that we can raise $3.2 billion off of that. If it was much larger, I bet campaigns would be able to cut themselves from corporations even harder. They can't send laptops to poor kids in Philly? Fix the water in Flint? Listen. They say taxation is theft, but in this case, it really is. Except it's not, because like we said it the earlier at the beginning of his premise, this isn't tax money. So we're literally having to play in his ballpark because he won't accept the uh, civil fines and the uh, criminal fees, penalties, or settlements that come from banks and corporations. It has literally nothing to do with the taxpayer. These people are about to rob you blind yet again in order to line their own pockets, just like they always do. And this is also like a perfect example of a Republican getting you to be against your own best interests, your best interest being that politicians aren't bought by corporations, and them tricking you into defending this, the, the, the destruction of this bill, thinking that they're coming for your money, when it's specifically, I don't know how many times I've said it in this short segment, comes from corporate malfeasance and bank settlements. Has nothing. Zero. Zilch, nada, with your taxes. But if you ask them, they say, we're just trying to fix things. But there's still hope. If Democrat senators like Joe Manchin or Kirsten Sinema stand up,
They can kill this bill in the Senate right now. You know, it's interesting. See, and that's what's amazing to me is that they made this three-minute seg three segment that is about this bill and the only segment I can find them reporting on this bill. And it's only about that one provision they have a problem with. Just that one. That one provision should be enough for the American voter to decide this is not in their best interest. When in reality, it slightly is. It really is because you do not want your politicians in the pocket of corporations. They will not care about you if they care about corporate profits. It's amazing what Congress can do when they set their minds to something. They can't make money. Oops. They always find a way. Yep. Yep. And we're, we're so entrenched in deficit that we can't spend money. Like, we just got to keep the military budget where it's at and start cutting costs everywhere else. All right, Crowder, you got nine minutes on this bill, so I'm really hoping that this is going to be much better than what Fox just offered. Thank you, Lawrence, for your correspondence. H.R. 1 for the People Act. And this is basically a bill regarding elections with sweeping yeah. national legislation, which, if you look at it, if you look at all of it, in aggregation, is clearly meant to wipe out the vote of legitimate voters who have identification and want secure elections. Yeah. But don't take my word for it. Here's Nancy Pelosi with visual aids. So here we are, set on the floor. This reminds me of what it must have felt like at Valley Forge. I'm so important. Everything is at stake. We must win this race, this fight for this bill. Uh, because it, it, at the same time as we are gathering here to honor our democracy across the country, over 200 bills are being put together, provisions are putting forth to suppress the vote. To suppress the vote, how could it be? How do we pledge allegiance to the flag in oh, this thanks. capital, this temple of democracy, while it's the at only the one same she time supporting yeah. voter <laughs> suppression across the, the country? The, the, the red and yellow China flag was too heavy. Yeah, way too heavy. <laughs> and this is why I don't like Crowder's show, is like immediately after playing the clip of Nancy Pelosi, it's attacking her character rather than getting into the substance of the conversation. And while I also find Nancy Pelosi incredibly cringe, um, that doesn't mean that I should uh, attack her cringiness in, 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 in a uh, good faith argument to convince you why this is a bad bill. I guess this will do. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's at home where oh, she God, prays to it. Right. <laughs> Could bums please stop pooping in my driveway also? <laughs> and, Jones. Uh, they say that Republicans oppose the bill because, they, again, they want to suppress your vote. This is more from the rally. All of the, the, the videos, all of the sources are available at louderwithcrowder.com, so you can watch them in their entirety. So I, I won't subject you to too much more, but this one's relevant. When I think back to the, the struggles of my family, they can be traced to one common cause, and that is our broken democracy. The reason health care, higher education, and housing are out of reach for so many millions of Americans is due to the fact that our democracy was not set up to reflect the will of everyday people. After that oh, enormous God. turnout, we saw Republican legislatures all over the country try and stop that voting, to stop the absentee voting, to impose barriers, to make it harder for Americans to vote. H.R. 1 would put a stop to that. And Looks it's like absolutely the junk lady essential from because Labyrinth. nothing else <laughs> When she says that it'll put a stop to that, it's mostly on a federal level. Like this bill mostly focuses only solely on federal elections. So... Um, it's only every four years that this bill is mostly going to have power in. And I really hate that here we go again, that Crowder is going to attack this woman for the way that she appears rather than just stating the obvious of the, the, the actual substance of what's going on. Yeah. It's not a beauty Unless pageant. Unless the people's voices are heard. <laughs> so let's, let me be really so clear. This bill is, is, is just, it's designed to ensure that no Republican, no conservative, no constitutionalist ever wins an election again. And I get why he's saying that, but it's not true because even a lot of the Democratic leaders, such as Joe Biden, the president, and Nancy Pelosi, who apparently is just the leader of the Democratic Party at this point, um, sh they say that they need a strong Republican Party. This isn't interested in in denying Republican votes. It's broadening the uh, opportunities for people to be registered so that they can vote. So if a 
Republican is concerned that they're not going to win because too many people are going to be voting, then you need to be more concerned about your policy stances and who you represent rather than how many people can actually vote. That's actually what it's designed to do. I think you have that right there. We have a collage uh, eye there token on. Um, and let me be real. So they put up a couple of provisions here. It says prohibiting identification requirement as condition of obtaining ballot. A state may not require an individual to provide any form of identification as a condition of obtaining an absentee ballot, except that nothing in this paragraph may be constructed to prevent a state from requiring a signature of the individual or similar affirmation as a condition of obtaining an absentee ballot. Literally. <laughs> It's saying that they don't have to require it, but the state can have its own laws. So again, that's not going to affect too much. Uh, the 705,000 District of Columbia residents deserve voting representation in Congress and local self-government, which only statehood can provide, which I think is funny that Republicans don't think they can win D.C. I think that is genuinely hilarious. Um, prohibiting requirement to provide notarization or witness signature as condition of obtaining of casting ballot. A stay may not require notarization or witness signature or other formal authentication other than voter attestation as a condition of obtaining or casting an absentee ballot. Uh, I think notarization and witness signature is, yeah, they're that's that's a different level of authority notarization would have to come from a person of the state to notarize it and a witness signature is just like another piece to that i don't know how that's really going to affect a lot of absentee ballot votes because usually the absentee ballot vote or ballot vote has to be requested by the voter so they usually go through a process of identity identification before uh receiving that ballot so it's very weird that we're picking on this Rule of construction, nothing in this subsection shall be construed or, or construed to prohibit a state from having a law that allows for counting of ballots in an election for federal office that are received through the mail after the date that is 10 days after the date of the election. So that is basically just allowing mail to go through because like one pretty big problem that we had during 2020 um, was people questioning where all these ballots were coming from when the uh, mail service was going through quite of a crisis. So, again, I don't see how these specific provisions are aimed at Republicans, other than the fact that they think they're going to lose District of Columbia, which is hilarious. Really clear before I get into what's in the bill. The suggestions that we have, like if you had good, like genuinely, if you believe that you had good policy, you wouldn't think that the District of Columbia is just going to go liberal every single time. From our side of the aisle, I'm not a moderate. Okay, let me be clear. And I don't think that this is that moderate identification to vote, mm -hmm. to prove that you have a valid address, yeah. to have to request a mail-in ballot with a valid reason to vote absentee, and that's you about can it. also that's about get it. a state. Uh I don't think people have to have a valid reason for absentee ballots. Like in the, the the thing that like even makes it more just for me is that this bill also adds election day as a federal holiday. So if more people have the day off, there is less need for absentee ballots. The unfortunate thing is is that a lot of people do it out of the convenience. So Oh, and also we had a pandemic. Uh ID. You don't just have to have a driver's license. That's true. So you get a state, state ID, ID trust me. DUIs. <laughs> let, me, let me walk you yeah. through this really quickly. Yeah. It allows same day and automatic registration. I don't know how that'll work when ballots What's get returned you know? before they're sent out. Oops. Uh, expand early voting. It prohibits. I don't. Yeah, I don't get the problem of same day registration. Some people just put it off. Some people just put it off until the day of election and they decide that they want to participate in, in, in this kind of democracy. Any kind of voter. Also, not glad that he didn't explain what automatic registration is. ID prohibits signature requirement. That one doesn't even make sense. That's not a, they try to say voter ID because of literacy. And he's making it sound like it's your signature that they're prohibiting. It's actually the notarizers and the witnesses. So it's it actually has nothing to do with the person actually voting. So that's that's great. Yes, yeah. just just you know what? How about a fingerprint? 
How about something. the Golden Corral? Just some greasy smears from the popcorn shrimp. As long as it's consistent, <laughs> mandates no excuse absentee voting, one absentee ballot application for all future elections, wow. forces states to accept mail-ins up to 10 days after the election day. It allows for ballot harvesting. Ten it allows 16-year-olds to register to vote. It has. Di uh, it, they want to have... Di it allows 16-year-olds to vote preemptively before they turn 18. So that means a 16-year-old could... Um, let's see say they just turned 16 in December. If they were to vote in 2022, they could register to vote now and their vote would be counted when they turn 18 in 2022. Districts redrawn by unelected bureaucrats limits the ability to clean up voter rolls and basically it legalizes fraud. Oh, also, by the way, like, how can you actually think that you're getting uh, useful knowledge or information here when he brushes over all the provisions without explaining the actual details within them? As we've Truthfully. all been clamoring for, it'll make the cesspool of filth and sadness that is Washington, D.C. a state. Oh, that's always a good thing. Yeah, by, that's, by the, that's so great. There's a lot of arguments right now. Yeah, I love it when somebody calls a city a cesspool. I love I love that. That's a good reason not to make them a state is because they're just a bunch of gross, disgusting, non-human people whether D.C. should be a state. And you, what you have to remember is if it is with 700,000 people, they get two senators that will almost forever be Democrat, right? So that oh. totally throws, it's also- Why would they be forever Democrat? Like they need to explain that position because there's no logical way. Like, uh, like you would think then every state that votes blue is always going to be blue then. There's literally no, like the only link that you actually could put on it is that it's a metropolitan area and metropolitans tend to be liberal dominant. But that's, you can't make that assumption, especially if you think that your policies are better. Also unconstitutional. Maryland gave them land so that Washington, D.C., the capital could be separate from any state and not dependent on any state. If they were dependent on them to vote for the city council to vote if they got electricity in the White House when Trump was there, don't you think they would have screwed with him just a little bit? Yeah. Like mess yeah. with him? We set this up so we would never it would have, have been hilarious. That. Yeah. If you, here's the thing. <laughs> if you want those people to be able to have representation like this. Yeah, but if they did that, wouldn't it be like a form of extortion or blackmail or something like that? Like, wouldn't it be illegal for a state to do something like that? You have to give the And like, nobody has that problem with how much Trump stayed in Florida. The land back to Maryland. Yeah. We have a provision that says you cannot create another state from another state's property. It's Maryland's property, guys. You guys don't know what the hell you're talking Oops. about. Look at him with the history lesson. It's insane. It's wow. an unbelievable. Halfway marketing. through, I was just thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's not that there's been a divide that's widened here in this country. Let's be really clear. It's that all parties have moved further to the left. Not true. Not true. Absolutely not true. Let me just give you a prime example yeah. of, uh, of a Democrat. You go JFK, okay? Yeah. JFK yeah. continued. Vietnam, JFK reduced taxes. When you look at what JFK did, JFK believed in a strong national defense. JFK still was somewhat Catholic when he wasn't banging Marilyn Monroe, but you understand we're not all perfect. Somewhat. And then you have Ronald Reagan. You look at Ronald Reagan, again, reducing taxes. You look yeah. at his policies that were pro-life. And then you compare that with, say, George W. Bush. You compare that with, say, now allowing men <laughs> to beat up. Well, and that's the thing is because neoliberalism actually does cross party lines. Like a lot of them, like, I, I don't think we've had a non-neoliberalist president since Reagan. Maybe Trump was like the, the, the one neoliberal that we've, that we have had since, since Reagan, but Reagan kind of put the foundations of neoliberalism to move forward. And every president's been falling in line since. Girls in college wrestling. Everyone has yeah. moved to the left. And so when people say, I'm say, I'm, I'm a centrist because I'm, I'm being reasonable no no look there's nothing unreasonable about staying the course everyone veering off and you saying no i'm not going i'm not going with you well why are you staying there why are you being so unreasonable why are you why are you widening the chasm because you want to put four-year-olds on puberty blockers how about that Ugh. so here's a i like i honestly don't know what that has to do with leftist ideology so let's besides the fact that leftist ideology really uh sits on the side of trans rights and human rights but um that has literally nothing to do with the bill that we're talking about and how the bill moves us farther to the left and it's also not a policy thing that's going on maybe the lack of policy is what crowder thinks is the problem is that there's a lack of policy stopping from parents from doing that but uh, I think in a legal realm, it depends on your state, and it's a bit of a gray area because there probably is circumstances of child abuse if a parent is trying to transition their child without their consent. So why are we playing this game, Crowder?
Like, that's the only thing that's moving everybody farther left. Go to, let's go to Europe, okay, really quickly. And the sources are available at lateralwithcloud.com. 78% of Organization for Economic Cooperation members only allow mail-in votes for people abroad or require a photo identification. Cooperation. Among OECD countries besides the United States, the report states that 78% of countries either do not allow mail-in ballots, quote-unquote, for people living in the country, or require a photo ID to get a mail-in ballot. In the EU, 85% of countries either bar mail-in ballots for people not living abroad or require a photo ID for such a ballot, according to the report. And every European country that is not a member of the EU has mail-in policies that fall into that category. Uh, cool. I, I, I genuinely don't care if the European Union or... Europe doesn't use mail-in ballots. Like, during a pandemic, it actually risk, uh, lowers the risk of infection. So, um, and for people who also have busy life structures and can't wait in line during election day, um, it's also another way to get their vote in. But, of course, for right-wingers at this point, mail-in ballots are just inherently bad. So... ...members only allow mail-in votes for people abroad or require a photo identification for mail-in ballots. France knows how... France, by the way. Yeah. The, the only on. soldiers who be go in up by France. with a standard-issue individual white flag, they <laughs> understand. France isn't a bastion of democracy right now either. I don't know if Crowder's seen the protests that have been going on for a couple of years at this point, but it's not the bastion of democracy. How absurd mail-in voting is. Yeah. That's why they banned it in 1975, and it's been banned ever since. France! The Come bastion on. of democracy. Think about this for a second. They're I mean, if I didn't want people to vote in mass numbers, I would tell them that mail-in ballots are bad because of the possibilities of fraud, just like Donald Trump did. But if I wanted everybody to have the opportunity to vote, um, registering, registering days that are designated before the election to ensure everybody who wants to register does register. And then also the mail-in ballots aren't inherently bad. Like if you have a system that is dedicated to the process of democracy, it's not gonna have as much ineptitude that you're constantly uh, throwing at this current system, which is obviously corrupt because it's uh, it's, in, it's just so infected with uh, outside special interests that like everything that we think that would benefit the people, we tend to just even say that it's in their worst interest. Um, Mail-in ballot is not inherently bad, and it does not lead to mass fraud. Like, even in this last election, the amount of fraud that we had is damn near equivalent to the amount that we've had in every other election. And we had more mail-in balloting this election than we ever have. Looking at us as though we're fools. When people talk yeah. about improving our international standing, you think that creating mass mail-in voting without voter ID is getting people in Belgium to respect us? By the way, who needs their respect? They yeah. put mayonnaise on their fries. Bomb them. They keep saying mass mail-in too, as if they just look on like the 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 civilian list and just start sending them out. Registration is still an important piece to receiving your mail-in ballot. I would not have received it if I did not register to vote. If I did not change my address. If I didn't did not not verify those things. Uh, look, before this year, it was common knowledge that mass mail-in voting was susceptible to fraud, right? Yeah. This is something that everybody knew that people like agreed upon. And uh, this is something for more- see? And he's just saying, see, we, we all know that it's just ripe for fraud. We just know that. Cite your work, bro. Sources, citations, something. A study, one, just one study in your whole show. Proof Abraham Lincoln. You know this. Abraham yeah. Lincoln nearly scammed out of the presidency. Absolutely. Do, it was, it, yeah, explain that for yeah, people so, who know. It so, was, it was in, uh, 1864. 1864. The judge advocate addressed the tribunal saying the, that Donahue had engaged in one of the most gigantic frauds ever attempted in America, a fraud which, if it shall be successful, will, in my opinion, have produced a disruption of our entire country and our war for the preservation of the Union will be practically at end and futile. That does not necessarily, that doesn't give enough context to the situation. Um, sure, somebody can make a plot with mail-in ballots, but the, the widespread uh, happenings of it, they, there's no evidence of it whatsoever. And it sounds like that this wasn't successful, obviously, because we have safeguards and we, we work in a 
system that supposedly believes in checks and balances. So why are we even participating in a government at all ever if we think it's so inept and so stupid? Like, in, in the only time you do participate is to get your guy in office. Like, that's that's a horrible reason to do any of this when people's lives are actually, um, I don't know, tethered to this system. Or, yeah. right? So the Civil War was still going on, and you had people that wanted to stop the Civil War and end it that were in the Democrat Party, and so they were supporting the other guy. And so they said, all right, well, all the troops are still stationed places. We'll just let we'll just go ballot harvesting. Hello, California. Anybody hey. remember what that's like? Right. We'll go up there and Damn get all their Packer votes. And what, what they Again, I like how ballot harvesting is just inherently bad when all it is is gathering people's votes together and putting them in at the same time. It's it's so weird. It is so weird that these things that get voting done are just inherently bad because somebody can take advantage of it. When really we have that in almost every system. Freedom of speech is not inherently bad and yet people can take advantage of it. Found is and this is what people say. Why would there be mass fraud? I can't believe they would do that. You literally had generals supplying the votes for people and rooms of people set up just passing them down the chain. Here, sign this one for this guy. Aha, he's dead or he's wounded, but it's okay. He cast a good vote, is what one general was quoted as saying. And only because a guy went up there to make sure the vote was okay did we find this out and those votes get so thrown think, out. Think about this for a second. Today, Democrats believe that if so that so that we can keep as much voting going on as possible rather than ha just eliminating the ability to vote because of its potential of fraud why not build more safeguards like we have experts to study these things we do experiments to figure out what works and what doesn't but their thing the conservative thing is always to just give up on what we don't already do and if it works too well give that up too if you're a minority, uh, you are too stupid or inept to procure an identification. Yes. I can't even uh, use the Or you're not even a legal immigrant, right? Yeah. So really, you go back to... Democrats have been screwing Republicans racistly out <laughs> yeah. of votes since 1864. <sighs> since Racist Democrats tried to screw the man who freed the slave with mass yeah. mail-in votes, and the same people now tell black people... I don't know how that would have worked in 1864 because slaves couldn't vote, or they counted like towards three-fifths of a vote and they weren't freed yet so not sure what race has anything to do with this and i doubt even further that immigrants would have the right to vote especially if they were just on here on temporary work visas which i think predominantly most of them were and if they had immigrated here and gained citizenship then that means that they could vote because they went through the process what are we talking about what like literally what are we talking about like the white man's vote was literally on top of everybody in 1864 so that is very weird that he even made that connection they're too stupid to take part in our democratic process but it's for you the people i mean i'm not going to deny that most liberals probably think that they're smarter than the average voter i wouldn't put it past most conservatives either Lincoln's wife sure was a goofy bitch. Huh? <laughs> Again, they're palming it. It's like shaking the baby rattle at the mall when you take yeah. the picture with Santa. Say, oh, what's that? They try to make you th don't think about mass mail and voting fraud, which is well known across the world and was known in this in this country really up until a year ago. Just ask Amy Klobuchar. Just ask Elizabeth Warren. Just ask Jimmy Carter. But they try and say this bill is. Jimmy Carter said it had potential, but even after Jimmy Carter made that study, we had several studies afterwards of all of our elections, and they came out with very small fractions of voter fraud. So there's no such thing as a mass uh, going on. But I do remember when at one point somebody was setting like mail-in ballots or like the, 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 the drop boxes, they were setting the insides on fire. But we can't really attribute that to anybody specifically, except for the one guy who kept getting on stage talking about how mail-in voting is a massive fraud and hurts this country. I wonder who that was. ...was to keep big, dark money out of politics. This is called the For the People Bill. And in doing so, we combat big, dark, special interest money. Do you mean special interest like the 74 million from Wall Street Ooh. that went to Biden compared to $18 million to... Yeah, the liberals take as much corporate money as the conservatives are willing to take, too. Like, both of them are guilty of, um, I don't know, defending and enjoying the luxuries of capitalism. Donald Trump. Is that what you mean? Is that what suddenly switched Elizabeth Warren talking about taking down Wall Street to invest? See, and while I think the Freedom from Influence Fund is a good step towards reducing the amount of corporate money in elections, it's not going to eliminate all of it. 
Certainly not, um, because that pool of money that's going to come from corporate malfeasance probably isn't going to be as big as it should be. And that's mainly because we don't actually try a lot of corporations for a lot of uh, corporate malfeasance that they commit, such as the 70, uh, uh, 70 companies that contribute the most to global warming, which we continue to do absolutely nothing about. Investigating day traders for GameStop? Is that why you did a little flippity floppity? Yep, yep. That's why they did the flippity floppity. Yep. So since Crowder didn't get into it and neither did Lawrence Jones, we got provisions. We got one that restores voting right to felons who complete prison terms. Love it. I love it. Creates congressional task force on voting rights in American territories. Love it. Uh, voluntary freedom fund in or freedom from influence fund public financing for campaigns matching small donations at six to one ratio. U.S. Treasury collects these funds by charging a small fee assessed on criminal and civil fines and penalties or settlements with banks and corporations that commit corporate malfeasance. I like it. It's not perfect, but I like it. Affirms Congress's power to create a new state in the populated area of D.C. Um, fine. That's fine. It would afford them more uh, rights than most states see. Um Thwarts gerrymandering by requiring states to use independent commissions to draw congressional district lines uh, prohibits partisan gerrymandering. I think that provision is more likely to hurt Republicans than any of the other provisions because Republicans have been using gerrymandering to draw disproportionate county lines for a very long time to hold local power. And I think hopefully that will reduce it somewhat because once you have a Republican controlled state legislature, it seems that you can never really leave their party. So reduces FEC commissioners from six to five, reducing the likelihood of gridlock, which, you know, when it comes to actually reforming some of the rules of the FEC, it's incredibly hard to do with six people who three on three are from the same parties. Um, and it also requires that no more than two can be members of the same party. So you're going to have uh, two Democrats, two Republicans, and an independent. I like it. It's uh, still not quite as far as I'd like most things to go. But um, yeah, I liked most things that were in this bill. Oh, yeah, I had, I had some more up here. It's not done. It's not just the, the five things that Crowder said. Um, it requires presidents, vice presidents, and certain candidates for those offices to disclose 10 years of tax returns. Why? Because we just went through a president who was president the entire time, and we did not find until he was leaving office that he paid $150 in taxes from 2015 to 20, or earlier than 2015. I think it was after 2015 he started paying a little bit more, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, we haven't gotten those returns yet. We just know that in 2015, he spent 150 here and 500, no, $200,000 in China. So, yep, more taxes paid in China by our former president. Anyways, it requires states to offer some same-day registration for federal elections, which, again, I'm not really that much against. If somebody can prove their identity at a same-day registration, get it done. Uh, requires state to hold early voting of at least 15 days and establishes automatic voter registration for federal elections. And what people hear automatic voter registration and think they're just gonna start signing everybody up? No, it's gonna be at certain government buildings when you're doing certain government things, such as going to the DMV. Some DMVs already have them. They will ask you if you would like to register to vote. That could happen at more places and give you more opportunities to register. So I like it. 15 days to vote early too, I also like that because then it gives people more time. Uh, it adds election day to national federal holidays. That would be awesome if we could actually have like giant democracy barbecues. If we're such a great democracy, why not celebrate it? Uh, requires states to allow online voter registry or information updates. Again, can't disagree with that because it's in the convenience of making sure that the Democratic voter is participating. Allows 16 and 17 year olds to pre-register in advance of them turning 18. If they give that much of a fuck to do so, I do not care. Um, it limit, limits states' efforts to purge voter rolls, which was a problem of the Trump administration when he was going through his recounts. He was trying to find many cases in where he could get whole rolls of people that had registered to vote and purged their votes. So I'm glad they added some limitations to how the states can get away with that. But of course, just go look up the bill. It's not even that bad. The Wikipedia thing's really easy. Stop, stop listening to Crowder. All right. 
So to wrap it up, I couldn't ignore this this Good sweet evening. sweet Tucky Carl. He just look at that baby smooth face, just full of I'm gonna beat my servants later glare in his eyes. Anyways, um, Tucker is gonna tell us the key difference between equality and equity because the only man who understands words is Tucker. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. We're in reporter mode tonight here with some key stats on your government. Here they are. 42 days into the administration and still no solo press conference from Joe Biden. That is the longest stretch of silence from any new president in at least a century. So by refusing to speak directly to the media, Joe Biden is attacking our most cherished democratic norms. Even CNN is complaining about it. And we would echo those complaints if we really cared. But honestly, we're just as happy that Joe Biden remains in seclusion. Imagine a full press conference from Joe Biden. An endless hour of blank spots and mumbling and his wife interjecting with the right answer. How depressing would that be? It's one thing to know your country's being led by a guy in cognitive decline. It's another thing to see it, and we don't want to see it. And what would reporters ask anyway? We got a taste the other day when one shouted this as Biden shuffled by. What did you learn from your classified briefing on border security? That was the question. Joe Biden's answer? A lot. That was it. Now, do you believe him? Did Joe Biden really learn a lot now or at any time in the past five years? Come on. As we said, the whole thing is too sad to watch, so we're not going to. Instead, we're happy to listen to Joe Biden's flacks. They hold the press conferences now. In the last month, Joe Biden's mouthpieces have had to explain why he bombed Syria, why he blocked the passage of a $15 minimum wage, why Dr. Seuss is racist. And then in their spare time, Joe Biden describes... <laughs> <Like> the... <laughs> the Dr. Seuss being racist literally has nothing to do with Biden, and I think I already talked about that in the Dr. Seuss episode, but that is hilarious that tucker carlson is still trying to make sure that when people think joe biden they think dr seuss is a racist that's that's amazing that's amazing it was actually like the whole limitation of the 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 production of those books came straight from the the dr seuss um publication company so it was actually dr seuss's company that decided not to do those books and it literally has nothing to do with biden produce an awful lot of presidential proclamations. They're he became the president. They canceled Dr. Seuss. It all makes sense. Proclamations <laughs> in Washington these days, a lot of proclaiming. One of Joe Biden's very first was entitled an executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government, end quote. This was the document that introduced the administration's new equity plan, which is going to, and we're quoting, eliminate systemic barriers to opportunities and benefits for people of color and other underserved groups. It's quite a mouthful. But what does it mean? Has anyone asked what it means? Or did everyone in Washington just graduate from Yale and intuitively understand sloppy, meaningless words like this? So because Tucker Carlson is claiming he doesn't like he he's claiming he doesn't know what the Biden administration means by equity, he's going to tell you what they mean by equity. Possible. But the rest of us might still like to know what a systemic barrier is and how Joe Biden plans to eliminate it. That's easy. With equity, of course. But that raises a whole new question. What exactly is equity? And how is it different from equality? Equality being the central principle this country was founded on. Well, the first thing to know about equality is that it's designed to challenge power. Equity, by contrast, is designed to protect power. Equity is what the... I'm going to say that I don't agree with his definition saying that equity is to control power. I don't I don't think so at all. Uh, equity comes from a fairness in impartial place. Equality is just also being equal in treatment and opportunities. British monarchy had. Equality is what the American colonists wanted. Equality is... That's funny that, like, e equality is what the colonists wanted, except they wanted equality amongst themselves and everyone else be damned. What allowed Andrew Jackson... Which means they were not very equitable. ...rise from a childhood of bitter poverty in the Carolina woods, where he was born in 1867, and make it all the way to the White House. Andrew Jackson was tough, smart, and energetic. But again, for Andrew Jackson, like, that equality was really also like tied to his skin color because at that time i don't think a black person would have ever became president that's not equality that's not equality that's uh that's definitely privilege yeah that's just because he started out poor and then found his way into the white house doesn't mean that we lived in an equal country 
He lived a remarkable life, and America rewarded him for it. That's a quality. And the reason why he wants you to think of Andrew Jackson is because the U.S. Treasury is uh, planning on replacing him with Harriet Tubman pretty soon, which, fine, honestly. Um, if we could have more representations of uh, historical black people that have made a change in our country, then do it. Like, celebrate our diversity. People like that rising to the top. Equity is the opposite. Equity is what allowed Kamala Harris, the privileged child of two PhDs, to stay privileged. And in the end, to become one of the... No, that he, he's not even going to explain how equity did that for Kamala Harris. Is it because she's black? What? Let's rewind a second, because there's no... This is a leap in logic. Rising to the top. Equity is the opposite. Equity is what allowed Kamala Harris, the privileged child of two PhDs, to stay privileged. And in the end, to become... So how come when... Andrew Jackson works his way to the top. It's, you know, it's hard work and there's no privilege into him being a white man because a black man would not have been president or a representative during Andrew Jackson's time. But when Kamala Harris does it and she starts out privileged, equity kept her privileged and it had nothing to do with the actual work that she put into. And I'm not even sure how equity contributed to that because her privilege it, it, like it inherently means that she did not start on an equal level. Thus, it's not fair. So it's not a equity that's i don't know how he's making that logic i'm one of the most powerful people on the planet despite having achieved nothing impressive or worthwhile over the span of 56 years i don't like most of kamala harris's uh uh i don't know work i don't like most of what she's done especially as a district attorney um but the thing is though is that uh the the, the democratic establishment likes her work um, so he can say that she did nothing in 56 years, but the DNC recognized that she was vice president material. So Andrew Jackson and Kamala Harris, both Democrats, won the child of a... I'm sorry, it wasn't district attorney, was it? It was state attorney. I'm sorry. Quality, the other the child of equity. That's the difference in a nutshell. So to recap, equality challenges power, equity protects power. That principle has never been on starker display than in the case of the teachers' unions, which is some of the most powerful institutions in America naturally are using the term equity to justify their own prerogatives as they hurt the weak, in this case, school children and their increasingly desperate parents. Well, Last night, we attorney talked general. the president I'm of sorry. the Los Angeles she, Teachers' Union. She was attorney equity. general and district attorney. That was my bad. I thought it was state attorney. It was attorney general of California and then district attorney of San Francisco. My apologies promoter called Cecily Myart Cruz. For months, parents whose kids use public education in Los Angeles have been begging Cecily Myart Cruz to reopen the schools, and why wouldn't they? How has Cecily Myart Cruz responded? Well, by demanding that those parents shut up immediately. Those parents, she explained, have the wrong skin color. Therefore, unlike entitled unionized teachers who can never be fired, those parents have privilege. Some voices uh... are being allowed to speak. I like how Tucker Carlson frames uh, a, a, a person's position before they actually get to say it in their own words. I, I think that is a very unique technique from Tucker. Those parents have privilege. Some voices are being allowed to speak louder than others. We have to call out the privilege behind the largely white wealthy parents driving the push for a rushed return. Their experience of this pandemic is not our students' families' experiences. See, and that's really the problem here of the crux of the issue is that for rich white families, the level of equality is kind of already out for lower income minority families. Um, and so having a school reopen broadly across the state that is equal for all of them doesn't fit the lines of equity because you want to look at the fairness and impartiality and look at what everybody needs in order to do a safe return to school. So by setting richer kids school standards to the same of lower income kids standards i agree is incredibly irresponsible calling out the privilege says the lady who can literally never be fired from her job no matter how she acts including like that there, there's no proof to that and she, i don't think she did anything that was too out of line i think definitely she needs to explain her position more but the unfortunate thing here is that we're watching tucker carlson show and he he decides how long the clips are
but she probably could get fired. There's the, the, just being a part of a union does not necessarily mean that you're never going to be fired. It does mean though that you have uh, stronger bargaining power, and then the, the the likelihood of you being fired for no reason actually goes down. But if there's a strong enough reason to fire her, and there there probably could be. I don't know what it would be, but sexual assault we can just use as a as a little uh, I don't know example. For this case right here, if she sexually assaulted a student, I'm sure she's going to lose her job. Never mind the 100% increase in suicides among school-aged children. Cecily Meyer-Cruz is not interested in that. 100%? She's interested in equity, which means she's interested did, in protect... Did he say 100%? Could literally never be fired from her job, no matter how she acts, including like that. Never mind the 100% increase in suicides among... Huh, he did say 100%. I didn't think it was that big. Uh, let's see. I knew there was a rise in uh, child suicides, but I did not know it was 100%. Every second. Looking on this NPR article. Uh, uh, I'm just not saying anything backing the hundred percent yet. Yeah, still not finding anything remotely around a hundred percent. Still looking though. Um, it could be that high. It, it could be that high. say 108 so that would mean about a 39 increase that's closer to 50 percent and october 2020 saw a 250 percent increase in these numbers over the previous october so i mean over a year they saw a 250 percent increase at one pediatric hospital so i'm not saying that the likely or the that child suicide due to one factor being schools locked down isn't a valid argument i'm just concerned about his statistic but i can't find anything so we're gonna move on school-aged children cecily meyer cruz is not interested in that she's interested in equity which means she's interested in protecting her own unearned privilege by attacking the people below her what do the parents and children being attacked think of this? Well, Cecily Meyer-Cruz wouldn't think to ask them because she doesn't care. So yesterday, Fox Los Angeles reporter Bill Malugin... I don't think it's fair to assume that she doesn't care either. I just think that she was highlighting that it's not uh, equitable to open richer schools to the same standard as low income. I'm still trying to find this percentage number and I, I can't find it. So, and this, this graph that I'm finding from childtrends.org only goes up to 2017, so. All right, we're just going to have to move on from that. Stepped up and asked them himself, and here's what they said. It's almost like minority families who want the schools to open more than anybody else. And the reason why I say that is because education for us, for our culture, is a stairway out of poverty. So every day that our children is not in school, that's just a day closer to poverty for them. I mean, I also agree with that, but the parents also have to work, and so they might not be able to watch their kids. They might not have family members or can't afford babysitters. So there's a little bit more uh, vari like variations that could be the issue, but I do agree mostly that if people don't have access to education, that it does hurt their chances of upward mobility on that social ladder, for sure. Lamar Freeman coaches a youth football team called the L.A. Rampage. He told Bill Malugin that every parent he spoke to wants his or her kids back in class. Now, these parents are not racists. They just want their kids educated. Most of our kids, um, before the pandemic, we had uh, an 80% honor roll rate. Now, since the distance learning and Zoom classes, that, that dropped to about maybe 20%. Like, most of my A's and B kids are getting B's and C's. 
Again, that's a failure of our system to be able to like handle education in an, a national emergency, well, actually a global emergency as a pandemic. So the fact that we can do online schools, but for them to be this unsuccessful is just another example of our government being so inept in acting in certain situations of emergencies. Um, and just reopening schools without taking necessary precautions isn't a great answer to the problem either. So purely because the most privileged government workers in the United States won't have to work, an entire generation of children is being destroyed. That I like how teachers are only the most privileged government officials when they're a part of a union, but like in general, teachers are literally like the some of the worst paid. Like, but as soon as they join a union, oh, they have so much power. Eh, eh. Not so much. I mean, even the ones in Chicago still struggle with their government to try and do the right thing. That's equity. The strong hurting the weak and calling it justice. Now, everyone who thinks about this for just a moment. Again, that no, that has literally nothing to do with equity. And I don't even think most people were even trying to talk about it, like equity, except for the first teacher that he had brought on. But the thing is, is that to consider what is the most equitable solution is that you have to understand from a fair and impartial position what are the needs of the community but knows that it's true and that's why you and answering they, they just need to go to school isn't a good answer to be to to a pandemic like there's there needs to be a a more to that solution ever hear equity debated or even defined they won't define the term because they can't defend its definition instead they bully the population into silence cecily I, I just I've been explaining the definition. So if, if it's if it's not understandable from you at this point, because Tucker Carlson has been talking to you, just pick up a dictionary. Uh, get other sources from Tucker Carlson, because Tucker does not decide what uh, equity means. Mayor Cruz and the teachers unions are doing that right now. Jorge Ventura, the Daily Caller, has obtained a recent email sent by someone who identifies himself as Albert Lowe, an employee at the Los Angeles Teachers Union. Now, there is an Albert Lowe who works at the union. My name is Blank, and I work for the United Teachers Los Angeles. I'm working on a research project on who speaks on A or LAUSD, which I think is Los Angeles. I don't know what the USD is. I thought I knew, but it's not the teachers union. Um, so anyways, I'm working on a research project on who speaks on LAUSD issues in the LA Times and coding for race and class. You are quoted twice in the last eight months in coding. My rubric is self-identification within the article. Self-identification found elsewhere or using the last name index on the census for all names with at least a thousand results. Blank is not in that index and I have not found any statements by you about your own and I have not found any statements by you about your own self-identification. I know that blank is a common Iranian name, but I and will... We called him tonight, though we didn't pick up to confirm that he sent the email in question. This email was addressed to a mother who was publicly called a couple of times for reopening schools in Los Angeles. And the email from the union, apparently, demands to know what race she is. Quote, I'm working on a... But it's, yeah, it's a part of a research project. It might have, like, it's talking about self-identification and coding. So, like, and in discussing race and class in the LA Times. So, like, to, to okay. Research project on who speaks yeah, it's a on research union project. issues in the Los Angeles Times. And coding for race and class, it begins. You are quoted twice in the last eight months in the paper. Could you tell me how you racially self-identify or point me to a citation on your identity, end quote? Now, what could possibly be the point of this? Seriously, why is a parent or a child? I mean, you would have to ask him what the what the research project is trying to find out, but obviously they called him and he didn't pick up, so we're just gonna assume. <laughs> skin color relevant in any way to what is supposed to be a medical question, whether the public schools reopen. Well, of course, there's only one point to this. It's racial intimidation. We no, it's not racial intimidation. 
the 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 COVID pandemic has shown that there is a health disparity in uh, minority communities, and that I think you're three times likelier to catch COVID if you're black, and then if you're uh, Hispanic, it's even higher. So there there is things to consider in the ethnic groups, but that also really has to deal with how our country structures things and who lives where, and it's it's a very broad problem, Tucker, that you're simplifying way too much. We saw you complained. Tell us your race. How is that not a violation of our civil rights laws? Of course, it'll never be prosecuted or even criticized by anyone in power because the teachers union is doing it and they're doing it in the name of equity. The hunt for white supremacy justifies all, including injuring children and scaring their parents into silence. It's not just happening in schools. We're seeing this everywhere in our society right now. Again, but that's mostly a part of the ineptitude of our government not being able to handle uh, emergency circumstances or special situations. So that's it's a systemic problem that um, Tucker Carlson doesn't like that people are trying to do something about, apparently. So that's 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 what we're going to go with. It's just ignore it. Close your eyes. Hear no evil, see no evil. Thanks, Tucker. And that's been Talks News. Um, there's the YouTube channel. There's the Twitter at ToxinPod, T-U-X-N-P-O-D. And then there's episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and I think Friday. And other than that, um, I hope you learned something more fruitful than what I just put you through. But I want to thank you so much for joining me and doing all that because, you know, knowledge is power and you got to empower the fight. I thought the outro music would play perfectly, but it's not. So as usual, my sloppy exit happens flawlessly.